Merry Christmas Eve. My name is Kirsty, and I get the privilege of speaking about two Christmas carols tonight. And before I start, I do have a doppelganger here. My twin sister Bree is here from America. So, and my brother-in-law Patrick and my niece Charlotte, and my husband Steven's here, which is so great. Perfect. We joke because she went. Uh, we were rehearsing earlier, and she went to get a drink of water, or go in the lobby, and when we're in each other's turf, we have to acknowledge people even if we don't know them, because otherwise, people think that like I'm just ignoring you, or like it comes off. So she, you might have gotten a smile from Bree earlier. We have matching necklaces too, so it's we're not making it easy for you. <laughs> So if you have your Bible, which it's okay if you don't, but if you do, we're going to talk about Psalm 98 first. And this is just a bit of a, more devotions, more than speaking. But So just a, some thoughts about two Christmas carols, the next two that we're going to sing. So the first is Joy to the World, well, which we'll sing after I speak a bit, and then We Three Kings, which is pretty cool because especially with that last song, which we powered through all six verses together. Good job. Um, but I love the story because this year I've, I've really been encouraged by the three wise men and more on that in a little bit. But so joy to the world. I, I'm getting my material. I'm doing what good teachers do and stealing material. And so in Cincinnati where I lived, I went to a Presbyterian church for about five years when I first left uni and was looking for a church and found this really great church. And back in 2012, a sermon series was done on the gospel according to Christmas carols, and one of which was Joy to the World, the, another one was We Three Kings. So thank goodness for technology, because all I had to do was just go online and listen to the sermon again. What was cool, though, is I the Bible that I bring to church, I do post-it notes and take notes. So it was really neat to, one, look back at the notes I'd taken seven years ago, seven Christmases ago, and also listen to those sermons again, knowing that I was in the audience or in the, in the congregation listening and just reflecting back on who I was and who I am now. And it's just neat that God's story is throughout all of our journeys. And so it's just been a really special thing to reflect. So I'm going to read Psalm 98 first and then just offer some thoughts as it refers to joy to the world. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. And he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. So joy to the world. It's one of my favorites. But a couple of verses that stand out. There's really three points that 
the scriptures that we just read relate to the song. So Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World, um, and it was a set of Christmas hymns that he wrote. And it echoes this psalm. So verses 1 through 3 discuss the Savior. So sing to the Lord a new song, um, for he has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness. So in the first few verses of Joy to the World, the Savior reigns, let us our songs employ. So the first thing that Joy to the World points to is God is our Savior, and what a great thing to celebrate. The second thing that it highlights is God is King. Jesus is king, verses four through six. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the king, and in joy to the world, it's let earth receive her king. So what a good reminder that we get to receive our king at Christmas. And finally, he does come to judge. In the end of the psalm, he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. And God being just, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove that he's a fair judge. He's not like us, where we judge people based on our own opinions or our own experiences, but he can judge with complete truth and knowledge of all of us and what comfort that is. So just as we welcome Christmas with O Come Emmanuel and long for that, joy to the world is really the direction that we get to go this Christmas. So let's stand and sing joy to the world. Our second little devotion. So we're going to head to Matthew chapter 2 for this one. So the next one is a bit of a preface to We Three Kings. And I remember listening to this sermon, but it's cool how even though you hear things multiple times, it can mean something different to you maybe later when you've gone through a little bit more of life or something stands out to you more. And that was definitely the case with this one. So I'm going to start by reading the story of how and when the Magi visit the Messiah, which is the heading in our Bible here. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet was, this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So this one 
just to set some terms, um, because I think it's always good to define some terms before you start so that we're all on the same page. But So magi sounds very similar to the word magic, which is the same root word. So these are magi, magicians, um, also have a connotation clearly because they're following a star that they have some astrology, right? So some sort of experience in kind of an almost an outside sort of um, not wizardry, but um, magic sort of sorcery um, roles, astrologists, stargazers. Okay, so they see the star, and they come and bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I think we all know what one of them is, gold, right? Um, so it's shiny, it's pretty, um, it, it symbolizes wealth, it's meant for a king or for royalty. So it makes sense that they would bring gold. Now, I had an idea of what frankincense was, um, but what it is, it's the sap. It comes from the sap of a tree, and it's burned as incense. Oftentimes, it would have been burned in government ceremonies, so really symbolizing someone in authority, of often not a coronation, but maybe an appointment. It would happen during a ceremony of that sort. And then myrrh, I didn't know what it was, um, but even reading the song, which I'll read here, we actually get a bit of a hint of what it is. So myrrh is mine. It's bitter perfume, breeze, a life of gathering gloom, sorrow, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone cold tomb. Myrrh is actually an embalming fluid, like an embalming oil. But you're thinking, why would, like, that's a bit of a strange, like, baby shower gift. Um, but it really makes sense, though, in sort of a prophetic way. But the thing is, and this is something the sermon pointed out, the thing is that these these wise men, okay, so wise men's more of a, I've learned in the sermon, kind of pointed out, more of a understandable term, right? So these magi, these wise men, they would have been outsiders. Because if you notice in the scripture, they come and they have to ask, why did the star appear? And it's these outsiders that have come all this way. They followed the star because they've noticed it. They've noticed something different. And they've come and asked about it. And when they asked Herod's, I think it was the chief teachers, people's chief priests and teachers of the law, did they know? They knew right away, right? Oh, yeah, here's the prophecy. And they rattle it off. They say, oh, yep. You know, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, no men least of rulers, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So then you have the insiders who know the prophecy. They know who's been born. They have the history. They have the anticipation of the coming Christ. Um, and, and yet, it's the outsiders who are seeking the king, who are seeking the one who the star has come up for. And so I think one thing that, I've really, that I really like about this scripture and this song in particular is that it really emphasizes that Jesus came for everyone. He came for the insiders who have been waiting for him for years, hundreds of years. But he also came for the outsiders who didn't even know who he was. But yet there's still an opportunity for both to come and worship him, to celebrate, and to have reason to celebrate that we all actually then get to become insiders, that we all get to be a part of it. And that's a really, I think that's what Christmas means. And that's why Jesus came, was to bring not only the insiders in, but the outsiders in as well. 
So if, like me, sometimes I feel Christmas just comes upon us sometimes in the busyness, and it's particularly strange for me that it's hot and it's Christmas because where I come from, it's snowing. Um, but, it, you know, it can kind of feel strange that it's already Christmas tomorrow. But I think the story is the same. You know, the story is the same every time. And it's been the same for hundreds of thousands of years that Jesus came for everyone. So let's sing some more. <laughs> 